Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Careful making wishes in a dark, dark, can't be so when they hit that rock and the sides in the mean, mean time. I'm just dreaming of tearing you apart. That is hammered out to deep left field. Forget about it. Big fly from Mike Trout and the Angels have tied this one up and won. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh. The Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is Daniel Garcia with another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Our special guest is holding on, so I'm going to try to get to him as soon as I can. And you hear the entrance of our podcast every time, and so you kind of figure out who that uh, special guest is, but definitely I am feeling fortunate to be joined by Emmy Award-winning Victor Rojas. How are you doing, Victor? Hey, I'm doing all right. Emmy Award-winning, huh? It's, it kind of has a weird ring to it. But it has to feel nice, though. It is. It's, it's factual, and uh, it was kind of nice to, uh, we you know, we found out about it uh, late last summer, and then the... Uh, the actual trophy or whatever the award came in, uh, I think it was late November, and uh, it was kind of cool to open up and see it and actually hold one. It's pretty pretty nice and have, actually have my name on it too. <laughs> where where is that? Is it like in an office? Is it like front and center so when yeah, people walk in, my, in, it's right there? No, it's in an office. No, nah, it's in my office, uh, and I had my wife and my daughter kind of clean up my, my office. Uh, uh, I guess it was back in December. And uh, when I first got it, it was on my desk, and then uh, it now sits on one of the shelves. So you can kind of see when you walk into the house and or walk into the office, it's kind of uh, front and center, but on a shelf. That has to be a cool thing to see every morning. I, yeah. mean, I mean, for for a guy that's around in sports, I'm sure you get a lot of trophies and medals as you grow up and, and, and progress in like sports. <laughs> but like uh, an Emmy for something broadcasting-wise, that had to be something when you are little you probably never thought was possible. Uh, for sure. And, uh, the amazing thing is, is that I've, I've, I've said it, uh, before and I'll, and I'll continue to say, it. I don't, I don't do what I do to try to, you know, to get uh, awards or anything like that. I've, I'm not a member of any broadcasters association for that reason. I just don't, you know, having to feel compelled to vote, uh, either for myself or for somebody else, just not my cup of tea. And so, it was a, a welcome surprise. I didn't even know that they had submitted us uh, for the uh, Pujols 3000 hit. And uh, when we got the news, it was uh, it was pretty cool. But uh, overall, it's just uh, you know just a, a nice little notch on the belt. You know, I'd even really thought about it. And it's funny that you brought it up as <laughs> with the introduction. Yes, I just think that's super cool, and it's cool to get local guys, especially you know, obviously as Angel fans, we see every single day get recognized for something they do and they love doing, but. Getting into last season, the Angels struggled. Um, and like I said, you see them every day, night in, night out. What was your kind of takeaway of why the Angels struggled last year so much? Well, I mean, 
any number of reasons, uh, primarily obviously to do with, uh, with starting pitching. Uh, I think that's obviously been one of the situations over the years. It has kind of hampered the ball club, uh, you know, not having Shohei as well because the Tommy John surgery did not help matters. And, uh, you know, the guys that were, that were picked up to try to fill the hole certainly, uh, didn't do that. Uh, and, uh, I think it just kind of compounded the issue. And then, you know, that was the first half of the season. The second half of the season, I'm sure for a lot of guys, it's, it's still a blur with, uh, with Tyler's passing on July 1st. Um, you know, it was a, a nice little, uh, two weeks from a, from a standpoint of the adrenaline rush, uh, up through the weekend, uh, after the, uh, the no hitter. And then I think that adrenaline kind of just wore off all at once. And it was just a, a tough go for the guys for the last two months of the year. So, um, you know, it's one of those years that you don't really want to think about a whole lot. Um, you know, you saw some, some, some good things in that, uh, David Fletcher continued to kind of grow as a player. I think Mike Trout continues to solidify himself as, uh, this generation's unbelievable Mickey talent, um, Mickey Mantle type talent, and uh, you got to do a glimpse of some of the kids and Griffin Canning and Patrick Sandoval and see what they're capable of doing at the major league level. But, um, you know, you go into the offseason looking to uh, address the pitching. They uh, they weren't able to do it, cause, uh, and, and rightfully so, considering the numbers that, that Garrett Cole got from the Yankees. Um, they focused on uh, on Anthony Rendon and thus the uh, and Jason Castro on the offensive side of things. And uh, you hope that going into uh, 2020 that, that, that the pitching – uh, with another year under their belt and some time in the big leagues that those guys are able to contribute. And you put yourself in a position that, uh, as already just said a couple of days ago, come the uh, trade deadline, you're able to, to swing a deal for a, for a big guy on the mound uh, to help uh, support that, that offense that's going to put up some runs. Yeah, going back to last season, July 12th, the no-hitter you talked about, um, the first home game back after the tragic passing of Tyler. Um, I was there, so I wasn't able to hear you or Gooby kind of go through the the emotions of it. But from the on-field um, presentation of his jersey with his family in attendance to the actual last out in the ninth inning, can you describe the like emotional roller coaster that night had to be? I don't know that I can really encapsulate my, my entire range of motions from that evening, but, uh, you know, uh, you got to give it some context in that, you know, Tyler had passed uh, when we were on the road, the first day of a road trip uh, in Texas. So, you know, the team had to deal with three days in Arlington, uh, one game not being played, four days in Arlington, pardon me, one game not being played, then on to Houston for three days, and then a four-day all-star break before coming back. And, uh you know, I think uh, the one thing that uh, stood out to me, even though we knew what the plans were from the ball club's perspective, uh, as far as honoring Tyler and his family that that evening, was uh, I was a little surprised when I saw who you know, we were starting uh, a starter in Felix Pena, uh, um, or pardon me, Taylor Cole, followed up by Felix Pena, and uh, you know, I just thought that was odd because if after a four day all-star break you would think that you would have a you know a regular starter go and start the second half of the year um so that's the one thing that caught my attention early on but once we got to the ballpark and uh, from a production standpoint 
the basis of our entire game really was just honoring the memory of Tyler. Um, I know that Gooby and I, during that road trip in Texas, in both Arlington and in Houston, you know, we didn't even care about the game. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's just like your heart is so heavy and it's, it's, it's difficult to get excited um, because you feel like it's forced, and it was um, because of everything that had just occurred uh, just days before. And so after four days off and, and kind of clearing the, the mind a little bit, we were able to kind of focus back on <clears throat> doing our jobs as, as we normally did. Um, but we also knew that we were going to have to focus in on on the stories that we were going to tell about Tyler and, and, and the like and the guests that we were going to have and the things that were going to happen pregame and so on and so forth. And it really, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, it, it, it really was almost uh, almost like a service in that it, all we did, I, I felt anyway, was was really just honor his memory and talk a bit about him as a pitcher, as a player, uh, as a person. Uh, throughout the game, and the game was absolutely secondary. I mean, it was it, it really didn't dawn on us until I think it was about the sixth inning when we were finally done, or, or we felt like we were done putting in all the things that we had uh, the guys in the truck had put together um, as far as tributes and the like. That uh, you know, we kind of started focusing back in on the game at that point, and it, I think it was the seventh inning. We were at a break, and I look at Goopy. I'm like, man, are they, are they really going to do this? I mean, this is <laughs> this is insane. And um, and uh, yeah, obviously the the rest is history with the, uh, the ground ball or and Hefo, and and all of a sudden the the guys are on the field, and then they're taking off their jerseys. Uh, I, I don't even know. I, I haven't even gone back to watch it. Like I've seen the highlights of you know the the throw to first base and then Felix jumping up and then, and then, you know, there's, there's all the different cuts. And then there's obviously the one on the mound with the jerseys. Yeah. I know after I said the no hitter statement at the end, I didn't say a word until I believe I made reference to the guys putting the jerseys on the mound. I have no idea how much time that was. Um, It felt like an eternity um, I know that we were just uh, we were just stunned. We just didn't know. I mean, uh, you know, all those guys wearing the forty-five jerseys. The team was kind enough to to uh, to include us in that. Gooby and I had our jerseys on the entire game. Um, I think I have a picture. My wife was in the booth, and she took a picture of us uh, while the guys were on the mound. I think I'm sitting down, looking out. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got the, the Skaggs 45 jersey on. It's still hanging in my closet. And it's just, I don't know, it's just uh, the most surreal, unbelievable thing I've ever, ever witnessed in my life. And then, you know, slowly but surely, you've got the, the trickling out of all the, all the numbers, right? And how all the numbers yeah. corresponded to a birthday and uh, the <laughs> year he was born. And, all, I mean, just... That was an Crazy. absolute trip. That uh, when when those things came out, yeah, I, I, and I know, like you said, when it happened, you guys were in Texas, and, and me personally, I want to thank you because it, it's it's kind of funny or coincidental, but actually, it's a year ago today that we actually had Tyler on our podcast that we're we're doing right now, and it's like one of those things that pops up, you know, on a Facebook memory or whatever. But I want to thank you and Gooby because that. Texas game the day after was you know after the postponement was was you guys did a really really good job of 
putting everything I feel in perspective. And yeah, it is a game. There, there's way more to it than just wins and losses or strikeouts and walks and all that stuff. So I want to thank you um, for doing that for me personally. And I'm sure thousands and thousands of people that are angel fans. No, I appreciate that. It means a lot. And uh, it was, uh, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think as you get older and you have kids, uh, the older you get, the more emotional you become about certain things. And I'm, I'm a fairly, have been a fairly stoic individual as far as showing my emotions. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of the way I was, I guess, brought up. It's just how my dad was. Um, but as I've gotten older, you know, there's, there's things, whether it's a movie or something, my kids tell me that, uh, you know, it kind of tugs at your, at your heartstrings a little bit. And, um, that, that whole week, that game, especially the first game back that Tuesday night in Arlington, um, you know, I just, uh, it was a rush of emotions and anything that, that, uh, that made you think about it or even, you know, start to talk about it. It was a very difficult situation and uh, certainly was for Gooby as well. And cause he has a very, he had a very close relationship off the, you know, on a, on a personal level with, with Tyler as well, that, uh, that made it very difficult. And, uh, the one thing that I'll, I'll never forget is, um, you know, I was pulling out of my driveway, literally just pulled out of my driveway, heading up the street to go to the ballpark that Monday and I got a call from Gooby and, you know, when he calls, it's, it's usually something. And, you know, I, I don't know if maybe a, uh, you know, trade was happening or, or something to that effect. And, um, or that he needed me to pick him up on the way to the ballpark because the hotel is by, uh, where I live. And, uh, I'll never forget the day that he called and he was just, he was absolutely sobbing on the phone. And I thought at that point that something happened to one of his kids. Wow. And, uh, he told me what had happened and it's just, uh, it was, uh, it was a, a crazy situation that, uh, I hope, uh, you know, we never have to deal with again. Uh, I agree with that completely. So obviously kind of now moving forward to this last off season, you kind of mentioned it a little bit with the, uh, additions of Anthony Rendon when they weren't able to get Garrett Cole for the amount of money that he got from the Yankees, but also another big acquisition, <clears throat> if you will, is Joe Madden now managing the team. Obviously, you know, you haven't been in Arizona, so you're not exactly sure how the team is feeling right now with, with the new uh, manager. But what do you expect that the difference might be between um, Joe Madden and Brad Osmus? You know, that's, that's a great question. I think Brad, Brad uh, was uh, – and I got to know him a little bit more as the season progressed. Uh, and, I, and, and I don't know if he was felt a little bit more guarded um, – early on uh, because of how things played out for him in Detroit. And, uh, and I can understand why that would be the case. Cause maybe he felt like he was wronged, especially from a media perspective uh, on the way out of town. But um, you know, it, it, it took a little while. It wasn't as open. Uh, whereas Joe obviously is an absolute open book and you can ask him anything and, and he'll, he'll kind of give you a, a blanket answer or a, an honest answer uh, without sugarcoating it. And the one thing about Joe, it's, uh, he's kind of always been that way to be perfectly honest with you. He was, you know, I, I was with the angels in the minor leagues in 1990 when I signed and Joe was, uh, I think he was a minor league field coordinator at that time. And 
you know, whenever he came down to visit us, it was um, kind of what he is today. He's kind of <laughs> kind of a cool dude that's just chill and 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 says what's on his mind. It's very uh, very uplifting. Always wanted to motivate you and kind of and kind of get you going in the right direction. And and that always that always certainly uh, resonated with me. That uh, he always was very uh, a very positive influence. And I think uh, yeah, considering the year that uh, occurred uh, last year. Uh, I can't imagine a lot of it was really Brad's fault, but I think when you take a look at the circumstances, uh, the way things played out on top of the fact that Joe was available, if you were ever going to make uh, a change uh, and have a, a facelift, if you will, Uh, it would have been at that time. And, uh, you know, things just kind of aligned uh, the way they did. And I I think Joe's a guy that uh, he's going to loosen things up in the clubhouse. Uh, Not that they were tight to begin with, but sometimes you don't know with a guarded individual and some new coaches, um, especially a first-time big league pitching coach in Doug White, um, you know, you never know how guys are going to react. Mickey Callaway comes in and he's a, a terrific pitching coach. Uh, that's what he's lauded for. I've known him for a long time. Great guy. Uh, I can't wait to get to Tempe to see uh, to see both of them. But I've always had great conversations with Mickey. So I think from that perspective alone, um, it certainly helps the ball club a little bit uh, because Joe Joe kind of lets you know where you're at. He knows he'll let you know where you stand and what's expected of you. Um, there's no uh, there's no hemming and hawing. And he'll say what he feels. If it's a post-game interview that uh, the guys played like crap, um, Joe's probably going to tell you that the guys played like crap. And I think in today's day and age, you know, I think manager speak is so tired. I think it's always been tired that uh, I, I wish guys would speak their minds more often. And I'm talking about managers and coaches and the like. Um, and you know what? If you ruffle some feather, you ruffle some feathers. Uh, and, you know, when you're talking about a guy like Joe, uh, he's been around long enough that, uh, you know, he's earned the respect uh, that he deserves. And, uh, you know, if you're upset at him, then, then take it up, you know. Uh, more times than not, I learned a long time ago, if you don't want people to talk bad about you, do better. <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. And, uh, and I think that's something that uh, you'll get from Joe. Something that I, not only Joe, but every manager out there is going to have to kind of get used to are the new rules that are – are in play now this year for uh, Major League Baseball. And, and you being around baseball for a very long time, your whole life, I'm interested to, to, to hear your opinion on some of these rules. And, and the first one I want to bring up is the the three batter minimum for relievers. What Do you like the rule? Do you not like the rule? You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, I, in theory, I think I like it. Uh, I don't know if I like the implementation of it. Um, they've made some clarifications to us. We were just in, in California last week with our, uh, our networks. And, uh, you know, we had the, uh, the guys, the major league guys there and the umpires, uh, kind of explaining the rules a little bit. If, uh, you know, if an inning ends, uh, and the guy faced two batters, he's got to come back out to face one, or you could make a move at that point and take him out. Um, so I, I think there's some workarounds, uh, that are capable of happening, uh, with the rule, um, but until you see the actual finalized rule, it's going to be difficult to to really judge it. Uh, I know there's. I, I like the idea of taking out the whole um, 
the the one batter guy, the whole situational the specialist one kind batter of? guy, the specialist guy. Um, I, I really I, I do like that, and it, to me, I think it adds a little bit more of an element as well to how you manage things um, on the other side as well. You know, do you use a a pinch hitter in one particular situation, or do you force the uh, the guy across the diamond to to keep that guy in uh, the next half inning, you know, to start the inning uh, because you've got X player on the bench uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, I'm still kind of trying to figure out whether or not I like it um, as a as a means to speed up the game. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, to me, to be perfectly, I and mean, I've talked about this on the air a number of times, and I don't know why they don't adhere to it. You know, there's a two and a half uh, two and a half minute clock that starts when uh, it's a. I thought it was supposed to start the minute a manager comes out and makes the move, right? So what they ends up happening is is they start that two and a half minute clock on the scoreboard or on, on, in the stadium. And then they reset the clock when the pitcher steps onto the warning track. So all the time that he took, whether it's one or two extra warm-up pitches, they basically reset the clock the time it takes them to walk from the mound of the bullpen to the warning track. And then they started again at two and a half. So there's a number of times where we get back from a break, and our breaks are two, two and a half minutes, and the guy hasn't thrown a warm-up pitch yet. (laughs) And so to me – if a guy's already been warming up in the bullpen and you're just talking about a time of game situation, if by the time the umpire makes the call to the bullpen, that's when the clock starts. If he throws another pitch in that bullpen at that point, you get that pitch deducted from the eight that you get when you get on the mound. There's no reason why it should take that long for a guy in the bullpen to come into the game. And I think that's where you start. That's where I think it starts adding up. You know, I, and I know that the game has changed, and you continue to go to the bullpen and the matchups and the like. I understand that, but you know, as a means, getting back to the whole uh, the three batter thing, as a means to speed up the game, I think there's other ways you can speed up the game than forcing a pitcher to go and have to face three batters. You know, a guy comes in and throws. What if he can't throw a strike? And that's happened. You get specialists that can't throw strikes. How many times does a lefty lefty matchup come in? And all of a sudden, that lefty's 2-0 on a, on a batter, trying to get the sweeping slider on a lefty, misses outside, misses outside, and all of a sudden, it's 2-0. Sometimes it's hard to get locked back in. Now the guy walks the guy, and now he's got to still face two more batters. Right. So I think so. There's, those are the things you have to play with. Then, then again, if you can't throw strikes, you shouldn't be in the big <laughs> leagues. You know what I mean? Yeah. You should be able to throw strikes at will if you're in the big leagues. Another rule that is coming in play this year is uh, they're expanding from 25 to 26 man rosters, but a 13 love it 13 love pitchers it. even with the pitching limit pitcher limit to 13. The, I don't I don't I, that doesn't bother me at all. That doesn't bother me at all. And for the Angels, it kind of works out because they don't okay. count Shohei uh, as a situation. If you get and you're I think you're going to get more and more two A players, so I think it, it'll help teams manipulate the uh, the roster a little bit but i love the 26 man thing i love the fact that it's a 28 man roster in october yeah. get rid of that <laughs> stupid 40 man thing that has just been archaic forever right um my dad my dad has always said and i believe when he first started they did have a way of doing it where at the beginning of the season he says they should they should expand the roster at that point to 28 because guys aren't ready yet, right? They're not – a lot of guys, it takes them a little while, especially from a pitcher perspective, 
um, which I still find it mind-boggling that it takes pitchers that long to get ready in today's fitness craze society, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but if you start the season with 28 so that you have a little bit of cushion, you don't have to push guys as hard, and you can use, you know, maybe maybe go you, you go to 14 from a pitcher perspective, and then you will that down to 26 and then back to 28 in October, uh, I think that would make sense as well. But I, I, I'm so glad that they finally – that rule was agreed upon prior to last year. I don't even know why they didn't implement it last year. But the whole 40-man thing in September, I've always thought, is the biggest joke in the world, and I'm glad it's, it's over with. Now, uh, you, play, you, play, you, play, uh, you play a season, you play five months of the year with a certain set of rules, right? right. And then in the last month, when it all counts – for teams looking for playoff spots, it's all changed. You change the rules and say, oh, "Okay, you can use up to forty guys." I mean, that's just a joke. Yeah, and then not only we're kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with with the time and the pitcher changes, and now it's like you don't have to work mm-hmm. because they have so many pitchers in the in the bullpen where it's like, oh, it's no big deal if you go through five or six guys a night. It's just kind of what happens. Yep, yep, yep. Now uh, another, I don't know if it's not even a rule yet because they haven't really said what they're going to do, but. On the wake of that Astros, you know, science stealing scandal, technology in the dugout, are you are you pro just taking it all away or pro? Yes. You, yeah. Get rid of it. There's no look, man. There's no in today's day and age. There's no reason why you need to have that. There's a thousand coaches everywhere nowadays. Uh, what did I read that uh, Gabe Kapler in San Francisco has 12 coaches. Wow. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's just insane. So with the amount of uh, the amount of work that you do before the game and the coaching that you have in game, there's no reason why you uh, need to have video or any of that stuff during, during the game. You do your prep before the game. As soon as first pitcher, as soon as the umpires walk on the field, no more video, no more anything. I would even take video out of – I would take replay out. I wouldn't give a manager the opportunity to look at replay or anybody in a ball club the opportunity to look at replay. If you want to make a challenge of a call, then you got to do it the minute the umpire looks at you. Just like an umpire's got to make a bang-bang decision, right, without the benefit of replay, then you as a manager decide you want to challenge that or not. With only the help of the guy – uh, the, the player or the coach that's near the play, you make the decision. And you just, you eliminate the replay rooms, you know? I mean, that's, it's, and just keep the replay rooms before game and after game. That's it. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I've been seeing too, as far as what people hope to see happen in this upcoming year. Um, Victor, you've been absolutely great with your time i want to talk to you one last thing we had you on around this time last year and that's when you launched your big fly apparel gear you guys just had a one-year anniversary so in that last year how's it been it's been great it's been uh i can't believe it's only one year it seems like it's been five uh with all the things that we've had to to do and and the families had to kind of take care of especially during the during the baseball season but it's been uh been wonderful it's been well received and and you know we we went into this trying to grow this uh, organically and not uh you know not not try to break records in year one or year two but uh, just kind of you know put products in people's hands have them feel and have them look at it and realize that hey we are doing quality stuff and and have and hopefully that the the word of mouth and, and people seeing our stuff kind of gets out there and 
um, that that's kind of happened a little bit. And uh, uh, today we we uh, we put out our uh, our Millville Meteor, which is the uh, the Trout tribute shirt, and uh, we're pre-selling those. And uh, that's been uh, made for a hectic day today, which is good. <laughs> um, obviously, a player that transcends. Uh, uh, the sport itself and uh, it's kind of a cool looking graphic it honors him it honors his hometown and um i'm glad that he uh, he liked it and approved it and uh and gave us his blessing on it and uh and hopefully angel fans and just you know trout fans uh really appreciate it no that's that's all that too that's actually a really really cool design is there anything in this last year where it's kind of caught you by surprise or, you know, for the good or for bad, but just like, Oh, I didn't know, you know, a brand, a clothing brand had this, you know, tied to it. Uh, did anything like that surprise me? Well, no, they, yeah. Like, Oh, I didn't realize it was so tough, you know, maybe getting product out or, or, or anything like no. that. Did anything surprise you? I think early on, I, I, I think the more difficult decisions for us were prior to launching. I think once we got our game plan, um, I think we kind of felt we had an idea of what we're going to do and which way we're going to go. I guess, I, I guess if if there was one thing that continued a little bit through the year was probably you know how do how do you how do you buy for sizing right because right. you don't you just don't know what the fan base is or, or what your demographic is really going to be what colors are popular which ones are just okay. Um, so I think that was a, a pretty cool learning process for us and uh but as once we decided that uh you know we were going to do this ourselves and we were going to run and we were going to you know pack products and carry it and ship it ourselves and and run the business ourselves um i think we we were pretty much gung-ho and and not overly surprised with anything um that stood out and i have deeper appreciation for uh, people in this business and, and especially from a manufacturing perspective, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's opened my eyes a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, I think it's, uh, again, like anything else that you, you, you hope you have a quality product and people and it's eye catching. Um, and it stands out to me. It's what's the differentiator. You know what I mean? What, what differentiates you from somebody else in the same type of industry? And for us, it's our stories. You know, that's, that's, that's what we hang our hat on is that we're telling stories with our graphics and we have unique art and uh, we hope people appreciate it. And that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the genesis of our, uh, of our existence. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I love the shirts. I, I have about three or four shirts myself. My wife has a sweatshirt. I got a couple of hats, but I can't uh, thank you enough for coming on and, and talking angels baseball and, and, um, you know, leading up to first pitch of opening day, but definitely I tell our fans all the time, check out big gear or bigflygear.com every single time. And then you guys are on all social media, correct? That's it. Awesome. We are everywhere. Awesome. Victor, thank you very much for your time and we'll hopefully see you around the big A this season. My pleasure. And I'm looking forward to it. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. 
Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And I want to thank, again, Victor Rojas, the voice of the Angels, and also, like I said at the beginning, Emmy Award-winning Victor Rojas, taking time out, talking with us, getting ready for opening day, right around the corner. And so I just want to tell you guys, listeners out there, thanks a lot for listening. We will be in Tempe March uh, 5th through the... 8th for the most part we're heading back on that Monday that 9th so we won't go to the game but um, that Thursday to Sunday we'll be out in Tempe uh, we are really looking forward to being out in Surprise on Friday in Tempe where we will have our tailgate we will have the easy up we will have all that stuff there um, definitely if you're going to check out the game on Tuesday on that Saturday definitely look for us in the parking lot you can't miss us It'd be awesome to meet a lot of you guys and we're going to try to do a fan uh, kind of like we did last year, fan, what brings you to spring training kind of segment. And we would love to get your guys' voices on the podcast and, um, you know, just talk baseball. But again, we'll be out there that very first weekend in March. So if you're going to be out on Tempe, you're going to want to follow us on our social media at Halo underscore Haven on both Twitter and on Instagram because uh, that's where we'll be posting our locations um, inside and outside of the of the ballparks uh, for the games we go to. So um, really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to we are going to have a special guest in studio. That is Red Bollinger from MLB.com. He's been in, uh, in Tempe the whole spring training. So obviously – with the news of Griffin Canning and, and kind of where the angels go from there and everything else that you guys want to know. So I highly, highly recommend if you have a question you want Rhett to, um, at, for us, ask Rhett, email us at all angels podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's all angels podcast at gmail.com. And we will do our best to get the best emails and, and, and ask Rhett these questions. Again, he's been out in Tempe this whole time following the Angels every game, um, talking to Madden, talking to players, talking to uh, Artie, talking to you know anyone and everyone. So it's definitely going to be a really fun time out in Tempe this year. Um, but besides that, thank you for listening again. Uh, Apple users, please, please, please um, rate and review us um, at the Apple Podcast Store. Help us spread the word as this season is right around the corner. We are trying to get numbers up. We are trying to... Um, be a bigger and better podcast so help us do that by rating and reviewing us and emailing us or dming us and telling us how we can make this better you want us to try to want us to talk more about games you want to talk more about strategy you want to talk more about um certain players let us know tell us where we can make it better and we will do our best to do that so until then until the next all angels podcast i am down garcia and i will talk to you later
hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.